get some stuff for a recipe, but I was just like, you know what? I need to treat myself, yeah? <laughs> and you cheated yourself with a delicious bottle of root beer. Yeah. I love it. You know Sorry. what I haven't had in a long time? Cream soda. Which one? Anyone. They're all good. I've, I have not had a cream soda in too long because I, I can't drink any full bottle or can of soft drink anymore because it's just too sweet. Like it makes me sick and it hurts my teeth. Uh, but cream soda used to be one of my favorites right after Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I, I actually recently got addicted to Dr. Pepper uh, again. I, I liked it once before, but like I grew out of it. And then someone reintroduced it back to me now. And I'm just like, yep. Still love it. <laughs> yeah. The cream soda, man. I love Crush's cream soda. I know there's been a dad's root. No, was it dad's root beer? There is a version of cream soda. I think either dad's root beer does or A&W does, but uh, I don't remember it being good or bad. So I think I know the one you mean, and it's all clear. Yeah, it's a, clear. Yeah. yeah, it's clear cream yeah. soda. Yeah. We should be slamming down some crushes right now because those are pink cans. And this is our Valentine Spectacular. Absolutely. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Uh, no, it's definitely Valentine's Spectacular. Um, and you know what? I'm feeling the love from Marvel. I really am. They they gave us some love this week, man. I mean, <laughs> today, today is Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday. And in the past week, which was Valentine's week, uh, within the last seven days, we got three huge things dropped in our laps. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, uh, first of all, welcome to Infinity Rewatch. I'm Andrew Fantasia. What's up, I'm Roger Whitehead. And we are feeling the love on our Valentine Spectacular because we got, in the span of seven days, we got a trailer for the new Deadpool movie. We got a casting announcement for Fantastic Four, finally, 17 years after they announced the film. And we got a trailer and a release date for X-Men 97. And it is way sooner than I think any of us believed it was going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we're going to just lightly touch on today is what this week was like and what we think of it and all these things. Um, before we jump in, do you have any like overarching thoughts of just what this week did to you? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, it's funny because that's not an easy question to answer. Mm -hmm. uh, because you know it's it's it hits you on numerous levels uh first of all fantastic four i mean it's kind of left me speechless because we did our own version of like who we thought should be cast yeah for fantastic four and at the same time like you know growing up uh with the fox version of fantastic four you're kind of like man i can't wait till mcu takes this and it's happened and and, it, and we're at this moment so it's it's not an easy feat to digest um also my brother uh is like if you were to say like you know out of the out of the, the siblings here um you know who's the the bigger fan of fantastic four and x-men that's my brother's side like out of those two group superhero groups that's like, like this is his year for marvel like or going forward this is his marvel like if they hopefully they don't mess up his franchises because these are big ones like and, <laughs> yeah. and not only him but like I, I, of course any fan really so, yeah, that's not an easy question to answer, but I think that answers itself by saying that because that's that's a lie, man. That's a lie. Um, I remember saying, I remember saying to my brother, uh, I was, he was like, oh, uh, he's like, perfect. Or sorry, he started with the, the uh, where, how did it start? I sent him the Deadpool trailer 
And then he's like, amazing. They did it. And, you know, getting my brother's stamp of approval is, is a good sign, right? Uh, and he's uh, then he starts always saying, definitely headed towards Secret Wars, which could be very fun. Uh, given we don't know, they'll do any. Given uh, we don't know what they'll do with Kang, uh, they could go Beyonder or Doom, right? <laughs> but yeah, so Marvel's really come out swinging, and this is an interesting time uh, because uh, Marvel's kind of gone through the ringer a little bit. They've been they've been hit left, right, and center. Uh, Marvel's didn't land so well. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, on the back end, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of confusion as to like what's going on behind the scenes. And the truth be told is, uh, there was too much. And, uh, even, even the, uh, even the, even the, the guy, the Bob Iger guy comes out and he's like, you know, I've said it before, man, when there's too much volume, it pollutes the quality and like, you know, we need to go back to, we need to dial it back a bit and it's it's a lot but man i this is a big statement for marvel being like yo don't worry we're gonna we're gonna get things right we're gonna fix this it sure is um it, it feels like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna quote a movie that i don't think has been quoted or referenced positively since it came out and that is the early 2000s smash sean connery hit the league of extraordinary gentlemen <laughs> Uh, there, there's a scene, right? You've seen it, right? Oh, of course I've seen it. Okay. Uh, right at the end when the bad guy is running away and he's trying to escape and Sean Connery's got his little sidekick buddy there and his sidekick got the sniper rifle and he's ready to take him out. But Sean is like, take your time, boy. Take your time. I feel like that's what Feige is doing. Like <laughs> everybody was about to rush. <laughs> and Feige's like, wait, let's hold up. Let's take our time. And and now this was the squeezing of the trigger, which was this week in general. Um, so I, I guess we'll go chronologically. We'll go with with uh, a week ago today, the first thing we got, which was the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, their first trailer for it. Uh, we touched on it a little bit when we did our, our Infinity Rewatch X episode. But uh, if there's any lingering things that need to be said, uh, there's one thing in particular you and I need to do. But Deadpool and Wolverine, Ryan, this trailer... Um, what did it do for you? What didn't it do for you? Uh, what it did for me was seeing Wolverine uh, for what little we saw of him. Um, but yes, uh, man, what did it do for me? Um, I think what it did for me is just just take us on a ride. Uh, you know, like the, the Deadpool ride that we need to go on. Uh, as as uh, viewers and listeners have have seen with the show before i'm not particularly a fan of the character deadpool the character um mm -hmm. you know because in the comics and and, and other properties sorry and, and other platforms he's a he's all over the place he's a really hard character to follow sometimes for me his humor can like land with me uh but it's it reminds me of south park in the sense of when it's funny it's hilarious when it's not funny, I feel like I've wasted my time. <laughs> and there's a, there's an art form to that. But um, but Deadpool the movie, I think the movie really. I don't want to use the word ground because on this show, anytime something says, anytime someone says grounded, it's like usually means a bad thing. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> sorry. I remember also watching uh, a YouTube video recently about um, about X Men uh, the first class trilogy. And talking mm. about how it ended, and they and the director used the word "grounded," and I already I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but I know what that means. Um, but yeah, so anyways, going back to the trailer, 
Um, I don't want to say grounded, but the movie does a good job of really focusing Deadpool. Uh, and, it, and it creates a fun ride. And so that trailer really shows me that it's going to be a fun ride. And, and I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about the, the movie the movie experience for that character. What I'm interested to see is the movie experience for the universe. Because that's, that's, that's why at this point, uh, you know, like Marvel's doesn't land well. You know, all this stuff doesn't land well because it is focused on these characters. But they don't answer the big old question, which was the real charm and gem of the, the first few phases. Which is like, what does that mean for the universe? And, and that's, and what I'm curious is, is clearly it's, it looks like it's Deadpool kills the Fox, it's Fox universe, I guess is what I'll call it. Um, but uh, yeah, cause like, you don't know, we could get, you know, we could get a lot of different properties just beyond or beyond the X-Men and uh, have Deadpool just kill them all. And, and it'll be in a fun, fun way of doing it. Um, I've heard rumors that people have seen doom in the trailer. I've watched it a few times. I think those people were like me when I thought I saw Doom in uh, the Loki season two, or was no, sorry, Loki, Loki trailer, Loki TV series trailer. So yeah, um, left one pack there. But yes, what it did for me was uh, it's going to be a fun ride for Deadpool, living up to the theme that he's had thus far in his trilogy, which has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what it didn't do for me was it doesn't doesn't necessarily answer how this is going to affect the marvel cinematic universe because we still don't know a lot about the tva it's cool to see the tva be a part of deadpool's world but i don't know what that means like i don't what does it mean yeah yeah good point yeah that's that's one of the things the trailer didn't do for me either which is and it's not even a bad thing that it didn't do this it's just Mm -hmm. a thing that's left in the air which is we still don't know what this movie is about yeah uh, we don't know what Deadpool is going to be trying to accomplish. We don't know if this is the same Deadpool that we've seen in the other two movies. We don't know if that's the same Pyro we've seen. Like it's, it could be completely anything and everything. Like literally, all this trailer really did was tell us this movie for sure is going to exist. <laughs> it's going to exist, and it acknowledges the MCU. That's yes. all we know. Yes. Um, and, uh, like, we don't know if this movie even has a villain or if it's just Deadpool and Wolverine bopping around fighting each other. Um, I can tell you one thing, though. God, I want to live in that world where Wolverine's costume didn't get spoiled for us, because can you imagine how we would have reacted seeing that little glimpse of blue and yellow for a second? We would have lost our minds. We would have, like, you would have gotten a phone call from Nick and he would have been like, oh, God, 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 and, and like you guys wouldn't have even been speaking English. You would have just been speaking in tongues. Isabella would have had to pour holy water on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's it just goes back to um, it just goes back to you know that same question with Spider Man. Like, what if Spider Man was not introduced in the trailer? Mm-hmm. And we got to see the movie appearance. Like, yeah, like like in the fans like got it front and center before like with the leaks and everything right um and i remember ryan reynolds being pretty disappointed about that as well is that like they wanted to wait to show us the full outfit yeah um but here we are right like it had fans you know fans do this to themselves i guess but man yeah Uh, yeah that's a bummer that's a bummer for sure i mean it's it would have 
taken this trailer and turned it into uh, an event that because our generation grew up with that costume, this trailer could have been something special for us. It could have been a turning point and it, now it's not. Now we, we got that turning point still when we all saw that costume leaked, but there's a difference between seeing the raw ingredients and knowing what kind of cake it's gonna be and having somebody pull a cloth over our eyes and saying, surprise, here's a cake. Yeah. Right? But, that's, it's two very different experiences, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see Pyro, even though, you know, it's Pyro at the end of the day. Cool, right? Neat. Um, Matthew McFadden makes me excited because that guy is awesome. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his character's name is Paradox. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he contributes to the TVA things. Um, but one thing we have to do now, Ryan, because this movie is coming out in July which is soon-ish, soon-ish. Um, it feels like it's it's going to be creeping up on us, though. So you and I need to do our normal thing here, which is we got to bet on how long we think it's going to be. we got to do a runtime guesstimate. So taking into account... <laughs> here's the thing. That's not an easy feat, man. You're, no. like, you're really hitting hard with these questions today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, here, here's where my head's at in terms of the runtime. You and I both thought Multiverse of Madness was going to be longer than it ended up being, right? We looked at what that movie was quote unquote promising and we said, this needs to be a long movie. And then it wasn't super long. I have a feeling the same thing is going to be true of Daredevil. I have a feeling it's, I'm sorry, not Daredevil, Deadpool. I have a feeling it's going to be something that we think is this giant epic thing because to us it feels that way. But I think it's just going to be a, like a quick, breezy story that has a job to do plot-wise, whatever that may be, because we don't know yet. And it's just going to do it and move on with it. So I'm going to guess it's a perfectly serviceable two hours and seven minutes. Two hours and seven minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Considering Deadpool 1 was like an hour and 40-something minutes, and mm. Deadpool 2 was roughly right at the two-hour mark. I'm going to, I'm going to, despite our, despite our, uh, despite our um, Price is Right rules, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, an, I'm going to go with two hours uh -huh. and 20 minutes. Wow. 220. I hope you're right. I hope I am too. But I, I mean, to be fair, I know that the rule, usually the rule of thumb is they like to keep it two hours max. But I just feel like it's the third movie. It's, there's a lot of pressure here because everyone loves Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Everyone wants to see Return of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. There's mm -hmm. too much stake. There's too much at stake here. They need to land. Marvel needs to land this to get to get the faith and and to renew the exhaustion that uh, and concern that people are having with the MCU. So there's a lot at stake here. I think a two hour. I think a longer movie may benefit, especially if it's Deadpool, just for the fun of it. But Deadpool's got to connect. Uh, or Deadpool's got to connect also the X-Men world to the MCU, considering that this is the first 
this is the first kind of X-Men led project in the MCU. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to finish. There's a lot to complete. There's a lot to connect. Um, so it's going to take more time than less. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Before we move on from Deadpool, one last question. Uh, I don't know my answer for this, so maybe you will. If you could pick one X-Men character that we haven't gotten in a movie yet to show up in Deadpool, whether it's a cameo, whether it's like a supporting role, whatever, who are you picking? Mm, that's a dirty question. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a hard one. Uh, they've covered a lot of the ground, though, Like to be honest with you. They, they, have. Got, Bishop, they got Bishop, they got... Uh, they got, uh, was it Nomad? They got, uh, they got Apocalypse. They got, they even have Omega Red. Omega Red's in it. He's not, he's not a big character, but he's in it. Where, which one is he in? He's in Deadpool too. He's, he's in the prison with, with the others. Oh, okay. And they covered Juggernaut twice. Mm -hmm. Um, they covered Multiple Man. Like they, they've covered a lot of ground. That's true. Yeah. That's a tough question. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Give me a second. I, I think I might have mine. Okay. You want to go first? Okay. And it's just based on how wacky this movie is going to be. I'm going to go with Lady Deadpool. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just because. Just it'd be fun, and we haven't seen her, and this is probably going to be. I. I would imagine this is the last. Deadpool movie. I don't think there's a Deadpool four in our future. So, you know, I, I'm big, I've become a big fan of like when it's right to end it, end it. Like don't mm -hmm. don't try to continue it. There's other stories you can tell that don't need to be anywhere near related. They can be in the same world. They just don't have to be related. Star Wars taught me that, and I'm yeah. pretty proud of it. You know, Andor. Look at that. Look at Andor. Big fan of Andor over here. Uh, One way out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say I want to see, I think I want to see Forge. Yes, that was my runner up. Uh, Forge is someone I want to see because there's a lot you could do with him. And he could, in my mind, I'm thinking strategically here, but in mm -hmm. my mind, he could be a great way to manipulate or connect to the TVA with the manipulation of time. Yes. Um, that would be really cool to see. Uh, so because you already have Bishop, technically, and you already have Cable, you might as well do Forge and then connect the whole time story. Do it that way. So that's what I'm going to say. I, I mean, Magneto, I got me a great Magneto. Got me a great Professor X, both iterations. Don't matter. They're both mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, yeah, I was going to say Omega Red, but like considering he's technically already there, I was going to say Gambit. But we did have a good, we had an okay gambit. We had an okay. I mean, that movie wasn't great. The movie's not near great. But he, the, let's just say, the cards were stacked against him. Yeah, and don't, like, I think it's almost a sure bet yeah. that you're getting a Channing Tatum cameo in this film. Because that's not, how a Deadpool film would roll. But. I would not be surprised. It's kind of a low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, everyone knew it was happening. Every It was so close to happening. But 
But to be fair to Tyler, man, Tyler seems to be always getting cast for the right movies at the wrong time. Like, like he's just like, these movies are all great ideas that he needs to be part of. And he's a great actor. But man, the writing just puts him in the ground. I feel, oh, I feel boy. so bad for him. Because he is really good. He is. I can't wait till we get to that movie in Infinity X. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, man, I know. Oh. The day the day Tyler Kitsch gets a that's gets a role that's like perfect for him and it's like and it's like a, a big nerd movie, he'll nail it. Like he will mm-hmm. destroy it. But until that day, oh my god, those two thousands were rough for that guy, let me tell you. Ooh. I'll Ooh. still never forgive Disney for burying John Carter because that was like one of the best movies of that year. Yeah. And, ugh, regardless, that's an old wound I don't want to open up. Yeah. Uh all right. So Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, fantastic. And then the week went on, and on the day of the Valentine itself, what happened? We got the news that you know we've been hearing and waiting for for so long. I think I know what happened with you, Ryan. I think you were at a restaurant with your wife having a romantic Valentine's dinner, and you were about to say something lovely to her, and then your phone beeped, and you looked at it, and you got the news, and then you just kind of pushed her away and <laughs> called your brother, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because... Now we know, for realsies, that Reed Richards is Pedro Pascal, Sue Storm is Vanessa Kirby, Johnny Storm is Joseph Quinn, and Ben Grimm is Evan Moss background. Yes, Hellfire Club, baby. Um, we have our Fantastic Four. Ah, uh, I am so excited for this. Um, <laughs> oh my God. You, but you know what I love about this too? is that they didn't wait for some massive convention. Mm-hmm. They didn't wait. Uh, they didn't wait to tell us. They just knew, the, the fans knew that we needed this. And, or sorry, the, 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 the Feige gods knew that we needed this. And, you know, Feige's like, you know, I'm sick and tired of this stuff. We're mm-hmm. going to send out the message and let them know who's who. Like, I, I loved it when they got in front of the audience. And uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan lately of big corporate heads when they get in front of the audience and lay down the facts. And uh, I was a big fan when they did that investor call and Feige's like, yeah, by the way, Tatiana Maslany, boom, Mm She-Hulk nailed it, right? Like, yeah, like, let's get ahead of this and just start telling us all this stuff. So to drop it like that, I'm I'm happy about it. Like, sure, I I would have loved for Feige to do a YouTube video where he came out and, like, sat, like, came out in front of that screen like he did the first time and, and laid out some announcements for us. But, like, I'm happy with this too. Just don't leave us in the dark, man. The fans are fueling your fire, so you might as well keep them in tune and not let the rumor mill get out of hand. So the fact that they released these announcements is great. It was actually funny what happened, how I found out, because I didn't see it right out of the gate. My brother caught, I think either you or my brother got to me first. I think it was, no, did I tell you or you told when did you, you told me. You okay, and James so kind of told me simultaneously. Okay, so okay, so Nick told me first, and he left a message. Um, and you gotta understand the show, like, like I said, people, my brother's like the Fantastic Four and X Men guy. Like, if you're gonna go yeah. to him, you go to him for that. For me, I've been getting the Marvel that I lived in. Like, I got my Spider Man, I got my, I got my Captain America, all the street level heroes. Like, that's where I live. I live on the streets, yo. I know what life it's is true. like. True. When I first met you, you said, "Listen, B." I'm from the streets, G. And I was like, stop calling me letters. And you were like, 
Hold up, Q. Hold up, Q. Um, yeah, so so my brother's like my brother's kind of like gonna be the interesting, interesting critic for this stuff. But to be fair, I do know some Fantastic Four and and of course X-Men's kind of like a good entry level for anybody. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so he sent me a message and it started off with perfect perfect casting choice for the thing. That's his opener right there. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's his opener. And uh, and he's like, also coming out next year, it's finally happening. And I was, and my first message to this because I didn't know this happened. I'm like, what happened? What did I miss? And then it's just, <laughs> he dropped the image in the chat, and then I was like, what? But for me, uh, yes, the the casting choice for the thing is perfect. Thing is what how my brother said it. Thing is the source. Like he is going to be the key to the group side, like the community element of the MCU. If you don't get the thing right, mm -hmm. then you've, you've really hurt the foundation of connecting so much. So like thing is super important to land. Um, other character choices. I mean, all these characters are really key and important regardless, but thing is like, you need to land him because if you don't, then you're going to lose a lot of the connection he has to a lot of the characters. Like he he literally works on so many levels. He connects to the streets. He connects to the 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 mutants. He connects to the to galactic or, or, or the cosmic heroes. He plays and he uh, interweaves through so many groups. He he's been an Avenger. He's been uh, he's been a part of all sorts of groups. So it's really important to get him right. And I think that it was smart to actually cast this actor because. Uh, much like, you know, Robert Downey and, and a lot of key casting choices, like he's on the up and up. He's not too he's not too big yet, but he's getting there. And it's it's kind of perfect for him to get in that role. Yeah, the thing is my favorite Fantastic Four person. So I just wanted them not even so much to cast him right, but I just wanted them to do him right and have him look right. Yeah, I I still I love the way he looked and sounded in the the two Tim Story movies. Like I thought that thing was pretty spot on, regardless of what you feel about the movies. Um, I I like uh, I like the Reed and Sue casting. I like that they went older, uh, you know, people in their forties, uh, late forties, early fifties, because that just felt right. Um, I got uh, the message that James sent me was literally just the photo, right? Right, and I saw it. And I looked at it. And I'm like, okay, happy Valentine's Day from the Fantastic Four. And I didn't realize what it, that it was. <laughs> like a I didn't realize it was a casting announcement. I, I just thought he found a cool picture of the Fantastic Four and it said happy Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And, then, and then I saw your message to check Instagram. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the casting, I think, is all cool. I'm happy with it. Uh, it'd be cool to see Joseph Quinn again as well. But for me, Ryan... Um, what has me the most giddy and just, mm, just like put me in a coma till next year. You better not say Herbie. I swear to God. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I forgot about Herbie. But yeah, I'm glad he's there too. But no, what, and it's not even really fully confirmed. So I'm not getting my hopes all the way up, but mm -hmm. damn, does it ever look like we're getting that 60s Fantastic Four movie like a, a period piece movie is what it looks like is happening here. And, oh, that for me takes this from a gauntlet to two gauntlets right away, and excitement-wise. Like, these characters alone, fine, cool, great. But the idea of a movie where 
It is literally happening in the 60s, probably a 60s of a different multiverse because that would make sense just plot wise. But oh my God, that's what I wanted. That is exactly what I wanted. Basically the aesthetics of The Incredibles as a live action movie. And if they can get, um, you know, I don't even know if he's still alive, but if they can get John Barry to do the music again, um, or Michael Giacchino to at least do a John Barry-esque music thing, because I think, yeah, that's what Fantastic Four did. Uh, to make it sound like a John Barry, James Bond score, mm, like, take my money. <laughs> there it is. I don't even have it anymore, but take it. Uh, and that is going to elevate this movie so much for me. That That's what I, I just want, 60s Fantastic Four. I don't know if you feel the same way. I do and I don't um, because there's so the problem is there's such there's so much to cover for Fantastic Four. So if you're going to do it right, I, I do feel like you need to go back to the source. Like if you remember their first comic, the monsters coming out of the street and they're all mm -hmm. battling the green monster. Like that's what I kind of feel like they're going for here. So you're kind of right with the idea of the Incredibles. I think that's perfect. Um, I also think. I also think that I think kind of like it's kind of a playoff of WandaVision a little bit. Like, you know, what if, what, Marvel's what if, um, what if they're in Wanda's world? Like, but they are who they are, but they're stuck in Wanda's like 60s world and then the curtain lifts kind of thing. Oh. But would her world still be around if she's dead? Well, that's the thing, right? I'm just saying, like, maybe they, maybe, maybe they film it from them being hypnotized in Wanda's world. I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can get behind that. As long as it's got that aesthetic, I am there for yeah. all of it. Uh, so, see, here's the thing, though, because um, Peyton Reed. This is people actually. If you. Uh, if you think about it, it's funny because Peyton Reed pitched a Fantastic Four movie in the 60s. So I'm curious if they've actually still listened to his advice because he he pitched to Fox a huge idea for uh, the Fantastic Four. I think we've talked about this a few times. Um, but he, I'm trying to find real quick if I have the notes on this. But he pitched... Uh, a 60s idea Fantastic Four, and he had some crazy ideas. And he's the uh, director of this, right? No, he's not. He's not the director of this. But he, but he's a part of the Fantastic Four family, right? Or sorry, he's right. part of the MCU family because he, he directed Ant-Man, right? Um, now I can't remember who's directing this. Oh, Matt Shackman. Yeah, Matt it was Shackman supposed to be. It was supposed to be the guy. Uh, it was supposed to be the guy who did Spider-Man, who I was very excited about, was Webb, the Mark Webb guy. Or, mm -hmm. or, um, so I was really excited about that, but he bowed out, which respectfully so. I mean, you know, you just got over creating a masterpiece that is Spider-Man. Um, uh, yeah, like you, you just nailed Spider-Man. And the pressure of getting that right, I don't think you'd want to jump right back into the uh, that's a lot, buddy. That's, that's just crazy. So, okay. So, uh, Peyton Reed told Yahoo in 2015, describing his original vision, he further elaborated the pitch um, and confirmed that Fantastic Four would have been a period piece. 
one of the big ideas was set in the 60s thing at that time uh was structurally gonna be basically like the beatles 1964 comedy musical a hard day's night where we were not even going to deal with the origin story i love it yeah like that's put that in my mouth that's what i want (laughs) (laughs) i now i've never seen this beatles musical he's referring to but uh i mean already they've checked off the box that it's set in the 60s by the look of it but, you know, watching The Incredibles, you know, The Incredibles kind of has a 60s feel to it, but it's not a 60s period piece. It's it's uh, modern times. It is. It's it, it's subtle, but like the Brad Bird has confirmed it is set in the 1960s. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm curious. I I, I, I like it personally, me. I, I you know, what I, one thing I do like to see is, first of all, I like to see maybe because the TBA will play a part in like bringing that fantastic forward to the modern times of the MCU. But at the same time, I love that they're covering these eras, you know, because if you think about it, what I like, and they haven't even explored enough of it yet. They did it in Marvel's what if, but to be honest, I think me and a lot of other Marvel fans are not really fully signed on with the what if uh, run here, Mm -hmm. but like, I love that Ant-Man was the eighties. And like they were doing like espionage spy stuff. Like, okay, what yeah. else did they do in the eighties? Like, I'm I'm all for that. Like, let's let's see what else they did. Like, uh, was Blade there? Like, yeah, I don't right. know. Uh, but like, I I would have loved to have seen that stuff. So t- for them to do a sixties Fantastic Four, okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? So I uh, yeah no sign me up man I'm 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 all for filling in the gaps of what the what how the universe is formed yeah same here if if that film can look and feel like a James Bond like a Sean Connery James Bond film and The Incredibles had a baby oh my god it's already my favorite film of all time <laughs> like that's I'm already waiting in line at the theater right now yeah no I'm 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 super stoked I mean yeah. again. I was telling my brother, like, I can't believe we live in a time now where MCU has the Fantastic Four, and now we have a cast. So it's only a matter of time now until we get this movie. And they're projecting for it to come out uh, next year, which is insane. Like, I don't even think they've rolled like, camera. Like, what I this is the turnaround is is worrying for me for a lot of movies. Like, they're saying, yeah, it's coming out this date. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can you make that promise? I, I don't know. Like, I. I'm learning this in business right now. Like, you've got to be careful when you set your deadlines. Like, yes. let me tell you right now. Like, you know, when your client's expecting stuff, you know, yeah, like, you got to stay on top of that. So. It's like when you order Chinese takeout and it comes like really quickly. And you're like, did you make this properly? Yeah. That was way too fast. Um, yeah. So that would have been enough to create a, a benchmark week in MCU history. But no, they didn't stop there. They had one last nugget of chocolate. I love how you say it's a nugget because it's not even, it's its nothing small by no. stretch of the imagination. Nothing small at all because there's no other way to put it. And it's, it's coming at the end of March. It's coming in a month, essentially. Uh, this X-Men 97 trailer that... I think everybody, we are, what, we're, we're Generation Y. Yeah, we're Generation Y slash millennial. 
that's what we are. Uh, I think everybody from our generation, Ryan, um, wept with joy a little bit when that trailer came out. Uh, everything from the beginning of it with that old 90s TV cabinet and hearing that announcer say, check your local listings. Do you remember the last time you heard a voice say, check your local listings? Oh my God. I, um, I remember seeing I remember seeing a post that that said like oh I know I, I know what I'm doing for the weekend and it showed like the TV guide. <laughs> I was like oh yeah I remember when the TV guide used to tell me what my weekend's gonna look like. Yeah. Oh, and the it's just the the seamlessness like this literally looks like you're picking up a few months later like. The, the last show ended in May. We've just been sitting through the summer vacation and now it's September and we're going to turn on our old TV and we're going to hear that voice say previously on X-Men. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss right now. I'm still sort of emotionally getting over this. Ryan, what did this make you feel? Uh, you were how old when you were watching the original show? Uh... Was it 94? Was it 94? 90, I think it started in 92. 92. I oh think that's God. when it started. Yeah, 1992. 1992. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm trying to see the first air dates. Um, 1992. I want to say it was Halloween 92, I think. Or it was. It was wow. Just as I, I read it just as you said it. Oh, damn. Uh, October 31st, 1992. Wow. <sighs> okay. Um, okay, hold on, hold on. Do you remember what costume you wore that year? Oh, man. I was six years old, okay? I was I was roughly around six, was I? Hold on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, I was born in 86, so roughly around six, seven years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. You were six and a half. Uh, okay, so uh, Halloween costumes at that time. So first of all, my mom was uh, an incredible. My mom is an incredible seamstress. She actually recently got back into sewing. Oh, cool! Um, and she would make costumes from scratch. Uh, and she made me a Spider-Man costume with the web uh, for the armpits. I remember you telling me about that. That's so and, cool. And she also made uh, me a Spawn outfit from scratch uh, with the ski mask, and then had silver. Uh, the silver kind of uh, eye things, uh, no green eyes because I need to be able to see. Yeah. Uh, and then she gave me a chain and a big red cape with the big, uh, big thing in the front. She also made me a white Power Ranger uh, outfit. Now, I remember as a kid, I was a little upset because, like, the helmet. She didn't make the helmet. She just gave me my my hockey helmet, which was a white hockey helmet, and then designed it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, I want <laughs> this is the worst it. thing ever, Mom. So I want the real helmet. But she did make the suit from uh, from scratch, so I do remember cool. that. I don't, I don't remember. I know there's a photo of the White Power Ranger one. My mom has the photo of the Spider Man one. So next time I'll take a picture of it. Uh, and she also dressed me up as uh, Burt Ward's uh, Robin uh, at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that I, might have been this year. I think that's the year. I think this was the Burt Ward Robin year when X Men debuted. Well, um, yeah. So I, 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 I have, I have the image of me as Robin as well. Um, uh, they may never see the light of day. We'll, we'll see. Oh, trust <laughs> me, they will. 
Spider-Man, actually, I will gladly show because it, it is it madly impressive what my mom was able to design. So um, cool. From scratch. Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, I remember that. And I remember when I saw the intro and like, you know, when, when the music hits you as hard as that did, um, it's a pretty big deal. And then what was funny and I, what I remember about the soundtrack too, that makes me laugh every time was when we were in college, um, uh, someone had a ringtone of the X-Men and we, we were, I think we were in uh, Mr. Takahashi's class. And someone's ringtone went off and it went like, and we're like, we had a heart attack. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I just remember that show hit hard and fast, but when you, and this is one of those shows, like I, I was entertained. I loved it, but I didn't know why I loved it. I just loved it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I knew, I knew it was Marvel. And I was like loving it for that. But I didn't know why I actually liked it. But as I got older and kept rewatching it over time, um, like I, I, I will never forget too. Like my brother and I were coming home from like you know um, like high school or even like college, and uh, and my brother would be like, "Yo, they're doing reruns of X Men," and like we would like fly to <laughs> the uh, living room and like and and the couch was in a precarious position because. It was in like a wide open space. You know the living room. There was like a wide open space and there's a couch right in the middle. Of, so in the basement, could, right? Yeah, in the basement. Yeah. So there's a long hallway. So you would just, we would run and like Superman dive into the couch. Um, and then like we would watch it. So I remember uh, they did one episode that my my brother was like, oh, it's hard to go Went to watch it. Um and uh yeah so what happened was we i'm like yo we gotta put on popcorn so after the intro played of course it like two seconds in it went to commercial so i ran upstairs put popcorn in and i went 225 and i ran back downstairs Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) and then we watched the entire show and then i was like huh my brother's like what happened to the popcorn and we go upstairs there's black smoke everywhere because instead of going 225 i went 2225 mm-hmm. so i left that thing sitting on high for 22 minutes uh it caused caused a small fire in the microwave um and it was the the whole upstairs area there's more to that story but the whole upstairs area was like burnt popcorn but but the point is is my brother and i like the the complexity of the story is really what made that show insanely amazing like you know, people make fun of soap operas a lot. And I remember growing up, people would people would make fun of soap operas, but they actually use soap opera style writing in the show to really deliver on complex topics. And that's what really made the show genius. And I remember watching behind the scenes on the show, the producer, she fought for the show, like tooth and nail, because they didn't think it was going to succeed. And she's like, no, it's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. And it, it wasn't one of those shows that was mass produced for, for toys. Toys kind of played a side to it. But she's like, no, I want the story to be like helping kids handle complex topics because that's what X-Men's all about. And and she crushed it, man. She she created this experience that we now have. That's, that's lived the test of time to a point where we are now remaking or like – not remaking the series because why why would you reboot it? Exactly. Why would you, why would you reboot it? Try to make a real life series of it? No. Here's what you do. You continue. 
You mm-hmm. just pick up where you left off and you just keep on going downtown. Now, here's the thing. All right. I'm, I'm a little ranty right now, but I'm passionate about this one. So I'm going to really dive deep here. The other thing is, is that I remember the end or I, or I at least remember most of the ending of X-Men. And now I'm on now I'm on my path of rewatching it as we speak. And I'm pretty sure the Shi'ar intervene right at the end and say, you know, your modern mes- medicine considers him dead. But we have Shi'ar technology that can help him. That can help him. Yes. So I don't remember him actually dying, but here we are. Um, so I'm really curious to see. Now, there was a show after that called Wolverine and the X-Men when, when Wolverine was like the Hollywood star. And they were making all sorts of stuff around Wolverine. And I didn't watch this cartoon until much later on, like literally like less than three years ago, where I was like, you know, I'll check out the show and see what it was all about. Turns out it's amazing. You need to watch it if you haven't. It's impossible to find. But if you if you know your cyber pirate ways, you'll, I'm sure you'll find it. Yar matey. Um, yar matey. And, uh, and Xavier's in a coma. And he uh, tells Wolverine to, like, reunite the X-Men. The world's going to be in peril. And it, he's in this coma because of a time paradox. So that's kind of it's kind of the interesting angle of this. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for this. I am I am ready for this. I, I will say, though, uh, I'm, I'm all excited about the animation. I can't wait to see uh, more X-Men powers unleashed. It looks like they're really amping up their powers, making them do more. Because I'm sure with the old show, the limitation of animation and time and production, they probably didn't do as much as they would have liked to have done in terms of powers and having the fun that they had. Right. Um, but uh, but this time around, it looks like they're going fully unleashed, you know, watching Gambit team up with Wolverine, you know, igniting his claws. That was really cool. Storm doing her thing. Um, I'm all for it. And I one thing I will say, though, about this trailer. I, first of all, as you can see, I, I was really excited about it. I was just excited. Uh-huh. Uh, the fact, again, just that's how you do it. You don't don't start from square one and, and rewrite the whole show. No, you pick up right where they left off and you tell us where it's going. Now, a couple of questions. I assume this is separate from the MCU, and this is just a fun Feige being like, you know, I was a fan of this stuff too, and this is what I want to see. That's what I feel like this is. This exactly is. It's like, you know what? And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? If you're new to Marvel and you've never seen the X-Men cartoon before, you now want to watch it. Because right. if, you, if that trailer did not get you excited, which I imagine it did, then you're probably going to be like, wow, I have never seen the X-Men cartoon before. I wonder what it's like. And it's going to blow your mind as it did ours growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is the one thing that I latch on to here more than anything else when it comes to this cartoon is the idea that they are doing this unprecedented thing of taking a cartoon and just picking up where it left off. Like, that is... As far as I can tell, that's unheard of. Um, and then to to keep things looking the way they look and sounding the way they sound, there's it's, it's just something special about this. You know, it's not just another Fuller House revival kind of thing. Like there, it really is taking advantage of the medium and and just saying like, hey, that was a long summer break, kids, but now we're back with season five or whatever season this is. Um, 
this will be the sixth season. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, that growing up, that show existed for me at a, at the same time as Batman and Spider Man. Those three shows just kind of the superhero power the hour. Power they became just this blob of just amazingness that I grew up with, and the the snippets of X-Men that I remember are just that they're snippets, right? Like they're, I remember appreciating the show and liking it, but not really fully appreciating how mature it was. Cause I was like seven. Um, but you know, there's just little things that stayed with me through the years. Obviously the theme song, things like Bishop showing up and introducing himself and being like, the name's Bishop and, and like Xavier and Magneto in the Savage Land, like little things like that, that stuck with me. Um, and it's not something because th this such was the nature of television back then, even though, like you mentioned before, TV guide was a thing. Uh, those shows, X-Men and Spider-Man, they were not shows that I was able to see from beginning to end. It was just like, I kind of know when it's on and I'm going to catch it if I'm able. But it took a long time for me to actually see the shows from beginning. It took like, last few years, last five years when I was able to find them online, whether it was Disney plus or our Métis, uh, because it, they were, they were hard to get a hold of. So I wish I had been able to watch X-Men, the animated series from start to finish back when it was new. Uh, like, and I'm sure if I had been one of the older kids at the time, I would have been knowledgeable enough to do that. Um, but just cause I think that would amplify my love for this even more, but as it stands right now, I still feel that giddiness, Ryan. Like, I think I told you, uh, in some podcasts we did that last fall, I started watching Boy Meets World for the first time ever. Right. Yeah. And that's a real nineties show. And in the first season, Corey's like 11 and he's talking about something and he's talking about how his day usually goes. And he's like, you know, I get home from school and I watch X-Men. And like, he, he said that, that was a line he said. And I'm just like, I'm thinking about how universal that was. Cause Corey was meant to be the universal 11 year old boy and how universal that must've been for kids, not just our age, but kids older than us. And maybe even some younger than us to have that afternoon experience of watching X-Men and now all those kids all across the world are feeling the same thing we are like, that's a beautiful thing that like, we can't stress enough how important that is and how special that is. And all I can add to that is I don't, I don't know what kind of person I will become if they do the same thing with Spider-Man, but I think you will see me shed actual tears on this show. And I'm, dead freaking serious about that like if they if at some point in this show it sets up like spider-man 97 or whatever and we get a continuation of that show which was even more of a cliffhanger because he's looking for mary jane dude i will i will curl up and cry like a baby in a good way like it's that is so these shows are so childhood linked to me that it's 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 a primal thing at this point. It's not even just a, I like that thing. It's like animalistic primal, like love. So 
they, you know, Dave Dondier is special beyond words. I love that you say that too, because you have to remember also at this time, there were so many running Marvel cartoons that you may not even have been aware of or watched. Like the Hulk had a great, great animated series as well. If you haven't, mm -hmm. if you have not watched the Hulk, it's really good. Um, it gets a little mishmashed a little bit because you can clearly tell they're trying to, they changed rhythm a bit to kind of make it more entertaining and, and bring in more, more kids to watch it. Yeah. Um, but Spider-Man had the X-Men in his series. Yes. He had Iron Man in his series. He had Cap. He had everybody. Those even shows were the MCU before the MCU. They really were. Absolutely. And even in the X-Men, I remember too, because I, and this is why I know there's five seasons. Because on the fifth season, they changed the animation a little bit. And I, I wasn't for it at first. I was like, oh, what is this garbage? <laughs> I can't watch this. But they had an episode with Wolverine and Captain America. And it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, they also have a really amazing uh, Mr. Sinister origin episode in that season as well. Victorian that, England one, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's dark. It tells a really gritty story. Uh, but it's it's amazing. Um, so so they 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 show that they show Mount Wondergore. They show Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So there's a lot there's a lot in that X Men cartoon which begs the question. Like I wonder if they're gonna kick off an animated universe and just kind of sm smash it all in. They've probably done it, and I bet you I bet you anything too. They've probably done a good job. Um, keeping secrets like that under wraps because again, it's not like you're gonna see these actors walking around and be like, "Oh, they brought so and so into the studio." Clearly, it's gonna be played all over again. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy, right? Like, and on top of that, to get a hold of the 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 animations, uh, concept art, and all that stuff, like, I don't think that's easy. So the surprises could be there, and we we're not gonna be aware of it. They could even have the fan. They could even like you know. They could even do the Fantastic Four and like have the Fantastic Four in it. We don't know. We don't know. All those heroes exist in that world. We know that. Um, so yeah, they could go bananas. And personally, I thought all of those shows were great. Maybe with the exception of Iron Man, that was that show had some. That was rough. <laughs> but uh, if they do, if they relaunch that, just that universe um the mau oh my god like this could be we could be on the pinnacle of something that we never imagined like it could be the most exciting thing in the world but that's and it could cater to all sorts of audiences like if you look at if you look at what dc's animated universe have done has yeah. done um they they have done a phenomenal job finding the right audience and in fact, it's kind of almost like they just don't care. Like they don't care who they get, but they know yeah. what kind of stories they want to tell. And I'll tell you, I am on the verge of finishing Young Justice again for like the 20th time. Because like in my mind, it's probably one of the best modern animated superhero shows I've ever watched ever. Like it's, it's, yeah. it is, it is as good as X-Men. Like it is, it lives up to that level. I, I need to, I need to see that. I have one question though. My mom is here. You can walk by, mom. Mom, who's your favorite X Man? You can walk by. My favorite X Man? Yeah. It's, um, what's his name there? Um, the, well, uh, first of all, James Marsden. James Marsden. Mm -hmm. But um, 
What's the other guy's name there? Wolverine. Ooh. Oh, Wolverine. yeah, Hugh Jackman. Wolverine and Cyclops. Particularly when Wolverine wears a tank top. Yeah, yes. nice one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, ladies can't deny that Hugh Jackman. I tell you, he's, no. a, he's a one-man show, that man. Um, yeah, no, but it's. I think it's an interesting launch pad to do really like comic booky stories and not have to worry about the front and the back of the audience and just really create a medium mm -hmm. like and and to to kind of use x-men as a launch pad and, and re-kick off like an animated universe it's brilliant because marvel's marvel's animated side did not do well it's gone up and down and left and right and mm -hmm. they had some solid projects here but they dropped them fast um for example spectacular spider-man two season run uh canceled right at the peak of its height a crime um, that was a crime that was canceled that show. I, and some of the most brilliant writing and like uh, directing in that show uh then you have avengers earth's mightiest heroes another phenomenal show uh two seasons in gets to the peak of its storytelling they kill it right at the top of its right at the top of its popularity uh and then on top of that they had um uh on top of that they 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 kind of had something with the ultimate spider-man then it just it went off the road like just went off the rails with it they had a weird avengers ultimate avengers story that they did that one was bizarre so they kind of always had this up and down kind of thing with animation but we live in a time now where like animation's top of its game like mm -hmm. you know we had avatar the last airbender we have we have anime just destroying the market in terms of content like we had um oh my god we had attack on titan we had castlevania of all things like oh, yeah people were talking about that netflix castlevania series um uh, all the time and so it's it's kind of at that point where it's like why not like say hey like if we want to do if we want to keep some of our more hardcore fans we know that they're like you know we know that they're like these classic fans have grown up with the properties why not recreate a series like X-Men and continue it right where it left off? But now we have all the properties. So why don't we tell all these crazy stories we wanted to tell and not have to worry about filling in the audience because we know the audience is yes. watching. And it's, it's so strange. Like when you think about how the 90s, DC and Marvel were just going all out with cartoons in terms of like, we have a whole universe. We're going to connect everything. Yeah. Right. They, they cut loose. They just let everything connect in their cartoons mm -hmm. in the nineties. And then the two thousands came around and they, they just stopped. They just did their own other things and whatever it was. It was dark times, Harry, dark times. Um, and now we're at a point in, in culture and pop culture where motion pictures are trying so hard well like studios rather studios are trying so hard to turn everything into a, a connected universe because of what the mcu did and they're, they're trying so hard to be like let's have now a bunch of star wars shows let's have godzilla and kong have be a thing for some reason but you know everything there's supposed to be dune shows there's a batman show that goes with the batman movie like everything's trying to connect so much how have cartoons not gone back to that yet? Like how have they, they not go, like said, hey, we, we were doing this before it was cool. Let's show them, let's show these young whippersnappers how it's done because we know how to do it. And now we, if we can get back into that groove, if that can become a thing again, 
I, like you said, like if the Fantastic Four exist in this universe of this X-Men show, so what's stopping them from showing up? What's stopping Iron Man from showing up on this show, right? War Machine helped Spider-Man fight Carnage. That was a thing. It was literally, that's why I love Marvel United, that board game so much, because it reminds me of that cartoon. It was anything goes. You turn on the next episode, Aunt May might be having a chat with, I don't know, Jarvis, right? So there are there is room for them to go balls to the wall with this. And I really, really hope they do. Because that would that would I think that would start an animation revolution in a way. It would I, I'm flummoxed that it hasn't happened already when we're a decade plus, like a decade and a half deep into the the era of everything needs to be a franchise. Like how how's it taken this long? Is what I'm asking. Uh, it, yeah, it really boggles the mind, it, it, and and really you know with this world of digesting content the way we do um you know series are are a great way and like but like creative expression right like really the emphasis on creative expression here because like anime people are attracted to anime because no two anime series are the same like they're so different and they're so creative their plots are always more creative than anything we make here 100%. 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself. Like, they they hit so many notes. They tell so many different stories. They do so many different things. And their styles are so vastly... I mean, there's some similarities, sure. But, like, the way they approach action is very different. So, for, for Marvel, you have all these different characters, franchises, and, and of course, genres that you can tackle. Um, and, and, you know, X-Men, just... Oh, my God. Like you could do so much. You just with X, you know, with all these shows, like people, you know, Crunchyroll is big now. Uh, there's a new one. I can't remember what the new anime one is called. There's a new anime one that's big. So why not tackle this animation market? And why not re kick off one of your top franchises that people still talk about today? Yes. I bet you up like 90% of the YouTubers out there right now are all doing like a little skit, a bit or whatever they're doing, but they're all being like, okay, if you haven't seen X-Men, here's why it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and people are going to go back to Disney plus for that reason. I bet you there will be an article that uh, Disney's numbers, uh, Disney Plus numbers will go back up because of X, the X-Men animated series. Honestly. And you, you said something about five minutes ago that like, it just opens up so many more possibilities, brother. Like you, you said something about how like we own everything now, like it's all back in our hands, right? Yeah. When I say we, I mean Marvel because I don't own anything, I'm too poor. Uh, <laughs> but the remember how with Spider-Man, there was that stupid thing where James Cameron was supposedly trying to make a Spider-Man movie. So he was like, you can't use Sandman or Electro because I'm going to use them in my movie. And so we never got Sandman on that show and we got Electro like once and it wasn't even really Electro. It was just like a weird like Nazi robot or something like that. Now you can have that universe's version of Sandman finally show up. You can you don't have to deal with that BS of like the studio saying no because maybe like we can see Sandman in that world now, and the thought of that I, there's some artist on Instagram who who did who does these things where they're like they animate these characters like we never got so and so 
in X-Men or in Spider-Man, but here's what they would have looked like in that animation style. And, you know, it's always like, oh, look how pretty that is. So uh, to close this off, Ryan, I'm going to pose a similar question to you uh, that I uh, did for the, the Deadpool trailer. You get to choose one X-Men character who did not have a speaking role in the, in the original cartoon, and you get to put them in this one. Who are you picking? Oh my god! It's funny. I, I think about I think about all the different X Men characters, and the, like some of the fun voices they had. Like I love yeah. Ruckus's voice in uh, in in X Men. Um, he's kind of like the uh, he's part of Mister Sinister's crew, uh, but he has this I, he has the Islander voice that I just love so much. Um, and he's like, uh, is he the guy who screams? And I don't know if it's uh, I don't I think he's like the he's like he's got like the the, the hairy uh, the hair. He's kind of like Beast, but he has oh, like okay. a human head. Um, and he's like, you ain't going nowhere. Like, I, I love it. Just like the voices they picked for it. Um, oh, my God. What's a non-speaking role in the X-Men cartoon that I would have loved to have seen for casting? Like, if they didn't show up, it counts. Like, if somebody who didn't show up or even somebody like like Deadpool was there as like a cameo. But mm. he didn't say anything, so like mm -hmm. he would count. It just somebody who is not already a speaking role in X Men. <sighs> That's so hard, though. Uh, mm -hmm. Like that. Uh, huh. Like for I, me, I think I got mine. Okay, you go first. Onslaught. Oh, see, you got you got one of the best ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> Onslaught would have been a really good one to see. One hundred percent. Damn, it's good. See, for me, though, one of the characters I did get who did eventually, he had like one line, but it was like, it was like one line. But I love this story, though. I was a big fan of Weapon X story because obviously it's inspired by, and they never got to it, which I would love to see them explore more. But it's tied to Captain America. They, they you know, it's the government uh, finding a sneaky way of trying to make their next Captain America. And because right. of, you know, the political. Uh, obviously the liabilities of it is like, you know, they can't do it legally. So they, they do it illegally. You also are all sorts of nasty stuff, but there was a character named Maverick. Um, he has a metal suit that uh, comes out of his body. Essentially. He's kind of like mm -hmm. Colossus. Um, and, uh, and Wolverine meets up with them when they all have to go to the facility and unlock their memories. And it's, a, it's, it's called weapon X lies and videotapes. Oh, yes. uh, and yeah, it's a it's a great episode. Maverick has like um, Maverick has like one line, and Wolverine's like, "Oh, you know," he's like, "Maverick, no," because like he sees a grenade and it explodes in front of him, and he's like, "Oh man," he's like, uh, "Nice suit," and he's like, "Thanks, I recommend you to my tailor." Like he says it with such a sleazy voice, but um, but you know what? As I was telling that story, it didn't remind me. Strife. I would love to see Strife have a speaking role. Ooh. Very good choice, my friend. Yeah, I remember because he has so much to do with Cable, and he's like such a key stepping stone. They did not cover him at all. So, <laughs> no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Oh, I'm so excited we're getting this show. Uh, I hope, I hope there's more to come. I really hope it's there's so one much more to come. That that is just just a sample, man. Like we got. <laughs> We got all we got was reassurance that it's happening and it's coming soon. That's that's what it is. And, yeah. and I love it because I hope they show nothing more. 
I don't want to see any cameos or any <laughs> fancy things in the trailer. You gave me everything I need to get me stoked and hyped for this show. And I, I will say, though, I am deeply saddened, though, because, first of all, the guy who played Magneto, he died a long time ago. But, oh, um, I didn't know that. The, reg- the original voice of Magneto, he uh, he passed away, but he, I loved his voice for Magneto. In the, if you ever watched, if you ever watched the X Men original series um, back in the day, he had the best voice oh, for Magneto. Uh, he was just a joy to watch. Asteroid M is like one of my favorite episodes of the original X Men series animated series. Um, and uh, Wolverine, it sounds like uh, it's. I don't think that's the original guy. It doesn't sound like him at all. Um, but no. Uh, I mean, he could have gotten old. Voices change. Voices um, change. It could. It could be him. Um, and yeah, you're right. He could have just gotten old, and his voice is a bit more grittier. Um, to be fair, though, like again, like I, it's it's one of those things where they didn't recast. It's like it's like Megatron. They just. It's not like they they chose someone else just for the role. Um, it's clearly they tried to get every single original actor for this show, and yes. and they got a majority of them. It's just all I'm saying is I will miss the original. I'm not sure about Wolverine, but I will definitely miss the original voices uh, for Magneto and Wolverine because they were just, uh, they were so memorable. I love them so much. Yeah, man. Uh, the, the guy who played Kingpin in Spider-Man has passed away. So, oh no. Yeah, because he was old back then too. So if we get a Spider-Man show, I just hope they find somebody who sounds half as good as him. It's I, like it's like if they ever did if they ever decided to do reboot properly, um, and they did Megabyte because the guy uh, the oh. Tony J uh, is not is uh, obviously no longer with us, but uh, but he he had a memorable voice. And it was Nobody so sounds like Tony J. That's yeah, yeah that, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody. Uh, well, any last thoughts, Ryan, before we wrap up our Valentine's week? spectacular uh, um i will say the deadpool one a lot of people are putting their chips in saying that it will be the building block for secret wars um and i would love to see that come to fruition if you watch the end of the trailer he actually does have a good secret wars comic and uh, a bottle of that soda in incredible hulk uh by that comic so it's kind of an oh. interesting little nugget there for uh for fans fantastic four all i can just do is spew my joy um for the casting i cannot wait i love pedro pascal uh, i think the performance you're going to see there is is one similar to the one from the last of us it just fits kind of a grittier lower tone voice um you know uh, very dry line reads um for that kind of character i'll be curious how he approaches it but if i had to guess your your foundation is probably going to be the same similar performance to the last of us uh, Vanessa Kirby, I, I just love her. I think she's going to be great. Um, I think she's going to be a fun Sue Storm. Sue Storm's also a big character in terms of like in terms of uh, getting the casting right. Uh, so I'm very curious yeah. to see how she delivers that. Doom has said in the comics that she's considered one of the most powerful characters uh, ever. So I, again, I'm going to see how that power is going to measure up in the movies. Um, I love Joseph Quinn, uh, the character he did for Stranger Things. It was a great nod to the kind of lifestyle I grew up with, um, mm-hmm. minus the drugs. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I, you know, just a, you know, a character, a, a, an actor who can create a performance like that. It's, I, I could not imagine how I could not imagine the working the the workshop process 
to make that character that, that Joseph Quinn did for, for Stranger Things. So, um, you know, Johnny Storm's not an easy character to approach. You can't, you can't just slap anyone into that role. Um, you have to understand... Uh, you have to understand the complexity. You have to go beyond the superficial, the low-hanging fruit that he's just a super aggressive kid. That's not. Mm-hmm. It's not the. That's not the main source of his character. So um, I want to see. I finally want to see a good approach. And I think Joseph Quinn was the right idea. And the thing is, I mean, to be honest, though, the thing they actually kind of got him right in the Fox series, like in terms of yeah. you know he's this rough kid from Brooklyn. Like he had no hope. Uh, you know, you know, like he he, uh, he grew up in a hard life, and in the end, he 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 got on top of his education and he became an astronaut. Like they nailed that story. They they could do more, obviously. They could always do more, but they did it. Uh, so again, this casting is is solid. They have they have a great cast, and we're already off to the races with a great uh, form of movie. So I cannot wait to see a teaser for that. Um, I, I, and again, it just goes back to Marvel's coming out swinging, man. If this week proved anything is Marvel's like, look, like we've made some mistakes. We we're, we're still learning. And, and at the same time, that's good, right? You don't want someone sitting on the top of the hill being like, Oh, I did it. You know, I figured it out. I've made history with my, my infinity saga. I don't need to do anything else. No, this is someone sitting back being like, okay, made some mistakes. Fans are responding the way they are. We need to slow down. We need to get it right. And as you said with the Sean Connery, like, yeah, I can't even do the accent as well as you. I thought I did a good Sean Connery. <laughs> you, you nailed it to the wall. Um, but yeah, it's like, take your time. You know, like that's that's what you need to do. So I think I think Feige is behind the wheel right now. So that's, I, these are properties that are pretty close to his heart, I imagine. So I'm very curious to see where this is going. All I can say is... The three things that make me happiest right now is that Fantastic Four looks like pure 60s, X-Men looks like pure 90s, and Deadpool looks like every time period all at once. So, <laughs> there you I'm, go. I'm all set. Well, that has been it for our Valentine's Week. Spectacular. I'm very happy that we got to do this. This was there, It was a lot of ground to cover, but it was worth it. It was a, it, it was a reassuring pat on the head for every Marvel fan out there. That we are we are getting to the juicy stuff in the multiverse saga, um, and you know I I've liked pretty much everything we've gotten so far, even though it hasn't been, you know, phases four and five were not my favorite phases. I've liked pretty much everything, and I I just can't wait for the real juicy stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You are awesome. Thank you so much for watching and listening, everybody. We will see you all next time on Infinity Rewatch, where we have uh, coming up on Infinity Rewatch X at the end of the month. Everybody's favorite, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Hmm. Yeah. Ryan's already there. Ryan's got, like, he's getting the whole script tattooed to his arms and legs. It's going to oh, be great. Jesus, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you soon for that. Until then, please have a marvelous day.